What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, it's DJ EFN. You're, yo, this is Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. All right, Cardi Digital. <laughs> Cardi. <laughs> what up, how, fellas? I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> kind of torn. So, so check this out. I got, I got something uh, off top. I was uh, doing my late night YouTube, you know, put me to sleep type action. Okay. Can you can you explain that? Because you've mentioned that a couple of times. I don't know if in the, right. on the podcast, but I want to know what that process is. Um, well, usually before my girl lived with me and I was by myself, I would just whatever. I'll just instead of watching TV, I was I was going through YouTube on my phone until I just knocked the fuck out. So you'd be laid out, leave. laid out in bed, two hands on the phone, like. Looking. Nah, sometimes if it was like a podcast, like a Joe Rogan thing, I just like put it to the side and just let it play, and I'd listen to it. Got it. But. Oftentimes it interests me and I'd be like picking it up like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, shit. I got to rewind and check shit out. Mm-hmm. And then now what I do mostly, though, is read articles because I don't want to wake her up. But if she's still awake while we're about to wind down, I'll, I'll be still watching some some YouTube videos. So and then in my feed, I don't know. You know, how I don't know how those algorithms are what are based on whatever you watch or it keeps feeding you shit. And as of late, it's been feeding me parenting shit every so often. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got this video. It said, uh, actually, I pulled it up over here. It says, four stages of raising children according to Tibetan wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right? And I thought it was pretty interesting. I didn't really get through it all because I fell asleep. It was did it the job. This is, a vid- this, is, <laughs> this is a video you said. It's, yeah, it's one of those like videos that like With text has animation. Over. And yeah. I don't know. It's, whatever. It's, it's, it's just those people, Brightside. You ever heard of them? Nah. They do like all these like like informational videos okay. with animation, whatever. So so then um, the stages that I'm obviously I was like honed in on and then I knocked out when it got a little later in the stages. So it's four stages and, and it's and then I'm reading what it says on the YouTube thing here. It says uh, before the age of five is it doesn't say anything very specific. It's just the ages right now. So it says before the age of five, it's stage one from five to ten years old is stage two, ten to fifteen. Stage three and age 15 and older, stage four. Mm. The, the one thing that I was interested in talking with you guys about is obviously uh, the first two stages was the one that I kind of got into. And the first stage, all the way through five, it was explaining how, and this is obviously the, the Tibetan way, supposedly, is where like most parents were always worried, you know, the toddlers, the little babies, that they're going to hurt themselves and we're always being protective and whatnot. It's saying that, you kind of let it, gotta let them go, hmm. and my girl's kind of like pretty good about this. I'm a little bit more overprotective, or more not just overprotective, where 
Like, I'm worried now that she's walking around. My, I feel like my daughter sometimes will just, like, you know, kids have no inhibitions. Or she'll just walk into people's spaces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Or yeah. touch another kid or, or something, a person or whatever. And I, you know, I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't, I don't want that for, to make other people uncomfortable. And I don't want them to react to my daughter and make me pissed off at them and cause an issue. Right. That's really what I'm more worried about. You don't, so, want, you don't want the raging Cuban to come out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always scared of the incredible Cuban. So, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, but I was looking, you know, I was thinking, yeah, my, my girl's pretty good about that. And it was explaining that this is when children have like, um, what's the word? Like. They're just constant, constantly curious, and and if you start to like, and it says you shouldn't tell them no, and you shouldn't like if you you're scared that they're about to do something that could hurt them, that you know we freak out to like stop them in their tracks, like oh no, stop. <laughs> so according to this, that's terrible. Hmm. That's terrible because you're building in something into them that's like, I don't know. I, I have to watch it again, but we could all watch it and after this. But it started to make sense to me, and it says you should kind of like just guide them away from something i was thinking of like a keto style you know what i'm saying like oh yeah <laughs> roll them out yeah like you know they're about to touch a a fucking electric outlet instead of going no you just like swoop in their ninja style keto use you said, energy momentum and you said them. you said a keto not keto like the diet yeah, not not you eating a bunch of meat and okay. farting, <laughs> which, is, which is the other way around. It's more vegetables, right, right, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, a keto, so uh, Steven Seagal. So wait, are they are they saying that not to? Are they saying that if they're gonna about to do something that that might be dangerous to not overreact so it shocks them and scares them, or or are they saying just you know let them run free and do whatever and no no well it's saying let them run pretty free but yeah when they're gonna do something that could potentially hurt them for us not to freak out as parents therefore shocking them because we're like ah like yeah. it's yeah. almost also we're being lazy we're at a distance and we don't want to run over there so we're like stop it you know like yeah and cause like saying, a trauma almost yeah they're saying without saying it they're saying don't be lazy you know go in there and just guide them away their attention away from the thing you don't want them to do without them realizing which i've seen that that works like my my daughter is always trying to get into our dog's little sleeping pen she you know it's it's a little door and it's a little cage of course she wants to go in there and then there's like little food trays and she's always hungry so she that looks like snacks so she's always trying to get in there and what i'll do is now um not because of this but i've started doing this i'll just grab her hand and like be like hey come here come here you know like slowly and she'll turn around and, and her attention will go to something else. Mm. But of course, like most babies or toddlers, she'll come back around, you know, circle back around. You just got to it's repetitive, I would I would assume. Um, I like this. So that's so that's that stage. And I'm sure. And I was telling him because my girl's like, you see, because my girl's like more like let her walk, let her do this. And I'm like, bro, I don't want her walking around in a crowded place or a pool area with a bunch of kids running around. That freaks me out. But mm -hmm. that's probably seems like to be more my problem. But I feel like with some valid reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, fuck. What was I gonna say? Uh, oh, so I was telling I was telling my girl. I was like, yeah, maybe this makes sense for Tibet because they're fucking out there with <laughs> no disrespect to Tibetans, but I don't know. My, no, you can't say that. You, you, the Tibetan mountains is just maybe. I don't know. What's the worst thing that can happen? They fall off a cliff or something? Get kicked <laughs> by a goat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, like which are both. Oh, me, those are both pretty fucking bad, though. Let me just guide them away from the cliff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole idea. I mean, there's probably there's obviously something there to that, 
Um, and I know that I don't know in other cultures and societies there, especially with young children, they there's like in uh, trying to remember, someone told me about like in certain parts of Europe, I think Germany, like the kin, there are preschools and kinder garden schools where the kids that are super young, they have them out in, in the woods climbing up high trees. They're giving them knives to like whittle and create stuff with and everything. And, you know, us seeing that we'd probably flip, you know, I'd flip out. Like you, you got a three-year-old with a knife and he's carving wood right? or she's carving wood. And you're like, well, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Which, look, it makes sense because it's that whole, like, I'm assuming that ideology that if you, treat you know kids like they're a little bit older with a little you know like you got to teach them to respect certain things and if you right act a certain way around them though i don't know i could imagine whatever i can't articulate it but i guess if you instill fear like they don't a lot of times they don't know fear i mean they're scared of things but they don't know that something is dangerous or you know we're the ones who basically instill the fear in right. them by saying don't do this or do that or our reaction to something you know and we might be giving them ptsd is what basically this is saying like by okay. screaming every time right like we're shell shocking them versus we're not going to change the fact that a, a baby or a toddler is doesn't have fear built in right so why would we want to it, it does make sense why would we want to instill fear where there is no fear yeah. what you want them to do is gain education so as they develop a broader mind and understanding of the world, you kind of could teach them the the right and the wrong things rather than scare them into don't do that or don't do this. And they're like fucking remembering, ah, my dad screamed, ah, you know, like, that I makes don't know. Me, that makes me, so today my my wife is telling my, my youngest, don't touch my purse, right? So the purse is like on a bench and it's loaded with stuff. You know, typically women's purses are heavy as shit. And my daughter grabs it after being told like five times not to do it. She grabs it and she's your younger daughter? Yeah, the baby. Okay. The three in in stage one, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Talking in stages. Talking talking in stages. (laughs) So she's like carrying it and you hear her like talking and like, you know, with, with some strain in her voice. And then and I and I turn to her and I scream like at the top of my lungs, Don't touch the damn birds mad loud. And then good, parent, good parenting, right there. Yeah, no. I, it, what you're <laughs> what you're saying to me now, uh, E, what you're describing here, I'm like, damn, I feel like shit now because that's exactly what not <laughs> no, to do. And I told my girls, like, imagine all of us Cubans are scarred. We live in these loud or Dominicans too, loud no. households where everything's a fucking scream, even everything. if it's not even meant to be an angry scream. No, and, and Latinos by nature, right? I, I think I could say this broadly are like paranoid. So it's like right. every little thing is a big deal. And and I have to deal with this with my mom. Like my mom, yo, I was a kid that when I went outside, it was like for 15 minutes throughout an entire day. It was like, you can't go out too early because some fucking random excuse. You can't go out midday because the sun is too hot and you might get skin cancer. You can't go out at night because it's too dangerous and you might get killed. Night cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yo, so what the fuck can I do? Right. So, but it was always like a extreme paranoia about every freaking thing. Um, all right. So, real quick, the only other stage that I got to was stage two. So, this is five to 10 years old. And I'm sure that these videos are saying this way better than I'm explaining it. But they basically said at this point, then you make your kids slaves, your slaves. Hmm. 
but it's I don't know oh, if it was I, a trans I, I don't know if it was a translation thing. Then the video you know the video said slaves, and then they know that the person watching like oh shit, and then it said no. What it what its meaning is, and maybe it's a Tibetan something something something, mm-hmm. maybe a, a interpretation of the language, saying that now your kid has reached a point where you have to teach them responsibility, and kind of like it's guiding them away from you know completely being fearless and doing whatever to kind of like learning and you know the world around them and and teaching them responsibly and blah blah blah. so you start to give them chores and it's like that's the slave part of of it Hmm. you know you kind of start to gradually give them a bunch of chores to do take out the garbage every day do this every day do that you know do this and that that's that stage five to ten years old which helps develop them in a certain way so it's is it do you feel like it's guiding you away from the chores or is it saying you no to encourage it no it's encouraging it that's okay. why it's saying this is the stage where the kid is your slave oh god so it's encur- it's not using slave necessarily as a derogatory thing it's no. more, okay got it no and the video i think says it it's just an interpretation of what their word that just means slave but it doesn't mean it for I what they're you. saying i got you it's just that the kid now is doing a bunch of things that you would do without the kid but this is what you're gonna add on the kid's plate to kind of teach them responsibility and teach them i don't know whatever it says a bunch of other things there and then I don't know what happens 10 to 15 years and 15 and older. I don't know. That part, I, I fell asleep. But yeah, think, I mean, think about if there are people that you know who never did any kind of learned how to do any kind of chores growing up. You know, all their parents did everything for them and how useless they are. <laughs> Yo, with, that's facts. With, with stuff. It's that's true. Yeah, and, pe- and- people are shocked. Like, I, I've ironed my clothes forever, right? And I do a pretty good job. And when I tell people, like, you know, they're coming to my house or they're waiting for me to do, do something, and I'm like, no, 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 hold on, let me go iron, whatever. And they're like, you iron? Like, I'm not supposed to or some shit? And I'm like, what do you do then? They're like, nah, I just take it into the shower with me, and I, I moisten it, and it just kind of sounds like another shit again. <laughs> 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 I was like, what the fuck? Sorry, E. I know you are about to say something prolific. <laughs> no, I was going to say that... It, uh, to what Kay's saying, I don't know that you know that my mom necessarily gave me a lot of chores to do, but because of the nature of being the the latchkey kid and the single parent, I had to kind of carry my own weight to if I wanted to get things done for myself. So my mom basically showed me, you know, this is how you wash clothes, this is how you wash the dishes, you know, this is I guess how to cook for yourself, and those things I carry to this day today, where you know it's like. I can clean if I need to clean the house. I can I can make you know my I can make my bed. I can fold my clothes. I can wash my clothes. I can wear I me mean, and it sounds like stupid things that everybody should know how to do. But you'd no, be surprised. The, oh yeah, grown ass people Lots. don't do these things. Lots. You know, and they're like lost. And then, the other point is, is that there's a lot of other things that I didn't learn that I for whatever reason that I wish I did now in life that I knew more about. Like you know whether it be more hands on with vehicle, you know, with cars, like mm. and more this or more that. Which now makes me think, like, and maybe in those informative ages, that five to ten stage two, maybe you can, you know, we can think about the things we wished we would have known more as adults, and kind of started, you know, kind of experiment with our kids, like, right. you know, let me, let, you know, let's let's work on a toy car, or like, uh, you know, whatever, and let's start getting into this, and let's do this, and you know, whatever, different things that you know are going to be useful to any adult in this world. Mm. Maybe that's how we can apply it to stage two of the Tibetan way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as a as a as a segue, 
how do you, especially you, uh, E, just because you're not even in that stage yet, when when are you thinking about introducing chores to your daughter? Like, are you going to follow the Tibetan way? If I remember the Tibetan way, I might just go that route. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm already trying, I'm already being lazy and saying, hey, can you get me that? <laughs> and she just looks in the direction of what I'm pointing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just get me the remote right there. Yeah. Hey, that's, know, de- so. that's developmental skill training right there. <laughs> you know, for real, dude. So, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, as soon as she can can start to function in a way where she acknowledges and knows what I'm trying to tell her to do, of course, I'm going to try. But I don't know. Maybe there's something to this certain ages. I don't know. You know, like where you keep it to the age brackets that they're they're giving here. I think it's basically whenever the, the child seems ready, ready. or, you know, you know, there's different levels for different ages depending on the kind of stuff i mean i definitely give my son stuff to do and but it's not always consistent on all right this is your job i mean there's been times where we've said like all right this is going to be your job going forward like you you got to handle it and then if he's going through a phase of he's not doing one time listening and it's taking a while to like get through then then i'm sometimes i'm just like fuck it i'm gonna go do it because i just we got to get out of here i got to get this thing done mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and right so some of that is it's it's like sometimes it's easier said than done depending on what your circumstances are and where they are and in, in kind of the, their listening phase i i struggle with so i'm a big proponent of accountability right um and i struggle with accepting the fact that these are children at the end of the day Right. And so for my six year old, my 12 year old, especially my 12 year old, just because she's oldest, I put more responsibility in her hands. But I do it in a way where, for instance, like I have her like clean the kitchen. Right. And her main responsibility is like the dishes. Make sure that the counters are clear by the end of the night and all the dishes are in the dishwasher. And you set that to start. And that's the completion of your job for the most part. But we had her doing it for. I don't know, maybe four days a week. That was the the idea while she was in school. And then there'd be times where, for one reason or another, she wouldn't complete the full four days, right? And so uh, she, I can't say that she would act like she forgot, but it wouldn't get done. And then I'd address it with her the day after, and I'd say, yo, so kitchen looks like shit. She'd (laughs) She'd be like, damn. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, get in there, girlfriend, <laughs> make it happen. And she'd be upset. But I'm like, yo, like, this is your job. And, if and you know, while you're in school, like, school is your number one priority. So if you have to spend the night studying for something, of course, we're going to acknowledge that and not hold you accountable to that. But, like, if you're trying to be slick or or completely forgot, like, for us, that's like, or for me particularly, I'm like, yo, like, you can't just forget about your responsibility so i've been hitting her with that but now in the summer i have her like she's still doing kind of a four or five day um you know in-house working period but then she's got two days where she's supervising so she's training her brother to kind of take over that task over time and i'm like yo you're not off you got to make sure that if it's not done by him you either make sure so you hold them accountable or you do it yourself I don't care, yeah. but at the end of the Still day, it needs to get done. For it. Right. So it's it's been an interesting journey. Like yesterday, I I know she caught feelings about like like the kitchen not being up to snuff, 
And I had her. I was like, yo, so you got to go and you got to do it. And she was not happy about that. So she was, like, crying and stuff about it. But then yesterday, like, last night as I'm going to bed, I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, man, am I, like, am I pushing the envelope a little bit too much? Like, r- real tears crying? or Yeah. But uh-huh. but the other thing is, I mean, she's she's going through her, her menstrual cycle. So okay. I didn't I – didn't, my wife brought that up after, and I'm like, damn, maybe that's right. Because I, I wasn't factoring that into the equation. Yo, congrats, man! You said that without cringing, without too much. flinching at all. Like I've, I've matured. We've made, pro- we've, we've made progress here. I, I have to thank the fatherhoods for this <laughs> fatherhood success story. Yeah, yes, man, absolutely. But yeah, so so I've, I've, I've been actually by Kirkland. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Kirkland toilet tissue. Uh, so I've, I've been I've been questioning that all day, and it's funny that we're talking about this now. But I'm just like, damn, am I pushing the envelope too much? I like I I feel like my kids. Even my three-year-old, she's even getting into the mix now because she sees the other two involved. So, like, the benefits of having multiple children, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, um, they kind of just copy each other. <laughs> so I had that conversation today, as a matter of fact, but go ahead. Good. So, anyway, just to wrap up, like, that that's kind of my conundrum. It's like, yo, when when is it too much? You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. That's a tough one. Right. No. Well, I'm going to have to go over the Tibetan stages to, to get back to you on the <laughs> No, but wait, you said you had a conversation about more kids. Come on, hit me. Yeah, I mean, we every other day we have a conversation. But today my girl, all serious, pulled me to the side and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I think. And I'm like, what about having another kid? <laughs> like right. like oh, just the way just... she started approaching uh, it. Okay. <laughs> I think, you know, and I'm little, and I told I don't know. She wants me to put this, this out. <laughs> and I was joking. It wasn't like super serious, but I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, maybe I'll have to put a contract together. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to do that, bro. No, no, no. Contract just meaning like if we, whatever, it wasn't that serious. And it's not, no, not, no, like <laughs> not a prenup. Uh, no, man. Nothing oh, like yeah. it was more jokingly, like, you know, like stupid shit that, you know, we get in arguments over dumb shit. Oh, or, I got you. I got you. You know, I'm just like, hey, you know, like, you got to back off of this if we're having, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. A little give and take action. Yeah, and nope, I go, but no I'm more spa I'm days. That shit. We're going to go to Notary <laughs> Republic and everything. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I, I might have planted that seed when I was in Miami this weekend. I pulled it to the side in the office. That's I was like, wrong words to use, man. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> foul, foul. No, but I was like, yo, what's up? When are y'all having another kid? And she looked at me kind of like, almost like, it's funny you said it now, almost like y'all been having that dialogue. Yeah, we have. We have. And, and she, you know, today she came, she she acted like she was going to say something like just brand new and nuanced to, the, to to that subject. And she's basically saying what we already know. Like, I want to, you know, since we're already in the baby stage, let's just stay in the baby stage and get through it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good in theory. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> ideally, I do want a, a second kid for my daughter, and for her to have help taking care of us. So, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> hey, that's not a bad goal. That's real shit. That's a retirement plan. Oh man! So, <laughs> so that you got to re- so. Next episode, you read that article that I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> About the burden of uh, taking care of parents that the parents uh, put on put on their kids. But, but hey, that it depends on what perspective that's coming from. Because any Latino household, that shit is automatic. Sacred, you know, like, yeah, yeah. The, one, 
The article is actually from uh, from a Chinese perspective. Hmm. Which they take the, don't they yeah. take care of the shit out of their uh, their parents and grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> don't they take care of the shit out of their grandparents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. My mom is the best. She she be pointing out like people like you know I don't know and they and they put her in a home and then she just stays quiet. She goes, <laughs> You you would never do that, right? <laughs> Let me confirm. I, I get the same thing, man. <laughs> you never. I'm like, you ideally not, home. but maybe it's a dope ass home. Who knows? <laughs> now nah, my mom, my mom don't even ask those questions, and she'd be one to ask those questions because I'm always like, "Yo, mom, are you gonna move to my house, mom?" And she's like, "No, my subway, blah blah." I'm like, "All right." So she knows what time it is over here. Oh shit. All right, it's guest time over here then, right? Yeah, man, let's let's get, let's get the guest in. All right, so today's special guest is Stick Man from the legendary group Dead Prez. Stick is also an activist and author, a fitness guru with his RBG Fit Club brand, a podcaster, and much, much more. But most importantly to this podcast, he's a father. So, Stick, welcome to the fatherhood. Salud. What up, y'all? Pop. <laughs> Yo, E, that was that was like a professional intro, son. Yeah, come on, man. You know, when it's my people, I got I got to turn it up for that. <laughs> Yo, stick. Let me let me by the way, this is Manny Digital. Um, E doesn't take that much care usually, so you you a special dude. Ah <laughs> oh, man, no, EFN, man. We gonna win back. You know, love that brother, man. And I'm, but you know, of, of all the titles you mentioned, you know, father is definitely the one that I take, you know, the the most serious and, and matters the most. So that's what's up. I'm glad you guys are having this platform. Thank you, man. Thank you for joining us. Let, real quick, because we're we're unsure. Is that uh what's the brand that we we've, we've been seeing you kind of uh, push it? Champion, Champion Father. Is that you? Yeah, it's it's something I'm a part of uh, with a, a collectible guys. Okay. Um, Champion. Yeah, Champion Fathers is just uh, a, a way, an umbrella that we could come together as fathers, forefathers, and and. You know, fellowship, you know, we, we do promotions online, but it's really about in, in the community just uh, connecting, exchanging tips and, and and things that work and don't work and, you know, just having an outlet to uh, fellowship, you know, as dads. So Champion Fathers is, is that brand. And, you know, there's merch and whatnot to, to fundraise for our events. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a long-term view. And it's it, you have a website for it as well? Yep, championfathers.com. Perfect. All right, cool. Stay tuned. Yeah. Are you guys guys national or just currently where you reside? Well, you know, it's everything international in 2019. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're right. I'm thinking when you. You're online, you're international. When you say community. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. Now, when you say community, I'm thinking like y'all get together every now and again. But I mean, I guess that might be the goal, but you got stuff online. No, we actually both. You know okay. what I mean? Like I'm I'm local to Atlanta. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like um some of the brothers, you know, here, uh my brother Hotep, he's an educator, uh, Fahamu, he's a um a, a great prolific painter, uh we got real estate agents, business owners, mentors, revolutionaries, like, you know, all type of brothers across Atlanta. Um lawyers people's lawyers you know what i'm saying so um but uh yeah and but you know we got crew all around because we've been all around so you know you know hip-hop is growing up a little bit 
For sure. <laughs> and that's why we need more of all this of what you're doing, what we're doing, and hopefully keep inspiring other people to do similar stuff to this. Facts. <laughs> so so stick tell us so so the, so the listeners can hear what's your family dynamic like what's the makeup in your family you know how many kids and everything like that okay so was me and my wife um a few we've been together 26 plus years wow and we got two boys uh Etuela is 18 and in Kosawa is four <laughs> what a spread! Oh, wow, that's just... yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you? I'm sorry. So they're both from the same mother and father, correct? Yep. yep. Okay. So, what was the thought process between a 14 year hiatus in children? Like, <laughs> and we were just talking about this right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how did that go down? We was we was bugging. I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. You know, when we when we had our first son, um, I was on the road a lot. You know what I mean? Like, a, it was a great time. You know, dead press was just cracking off. and But I was gone much more than I wanted to. I always saw myself as, like, my kids, is, I'm going to be there with my kids. I'm catching every ball. I'm, you know what I mean? Right, right. And when it actually happened, it was like the way I provide for my family is music and I'm on the road. And so I was, I was, it, it kind of pulled at me when I had him. So I didn't want to, I was thinking, I don't know if when I could have other kids because of the time, you know, that, that you have to invest. And, um, so we waited, you know, for a while. And then we just, we was like, man, we will be waiting forever. You know what I mean? Like you always got something to do. We just got to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, you know what I mean, and, and, and we kind of, you know, just decided to get it in because time was ticking. <laughs> mm. Would you would you ever advise one way or the other? Because, like I said, we were just having this combo. Me and my girl, I have a, a 14-month-old baby girl. And my girl today even was talking about, like, you know, let, let's have this combo about having the second one and stay in the baby mode now. Do you have any opinion mm-hmm. one way or the other? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it all it depends on every family individual situation and, you know, what's going to work out. I think either way can work if there's love there. Um right. But I think um for when you think of the, the children are there much if you if if that's your only one, right? They're going to want your time 24/7. And if they had a sibling, you know, that's going to help them not feel, you know, neglected at times. Right. Have somebody to play with. Um, and it, and it, it'll make it easier because once you get through that stage, you know, you, you pass that. You know what I mean? Whereas we went, you know, I, I had one graduating this year mm-hmm. and one just going to uh, basically pre-K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were almost done with this shit. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so at least we get a built-in babysitter for a few more months. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go, so, E. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's sold. <laughs> from from the outside looking in, it looked it, it it looked like you had a pretty focused intention of. Not stopping music, but all, but turning your attention to health and family, and 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 having that as more of a focus for for kind of your life 
again from the outside looking in was that was that kind of your your mode of thinking it's always been my my mode of thinking you know what i mean our first record was bigger than hip-hop it's right. bigger than hip-hop that was yeah. our, always been our message you know be healthy y'all from the from the jump i just um honestly i i it's kind of deep man because i some of the, the 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 things that when i was a younger person i was i was a teenager you know what i mean i was in a lot of revolutionary organizations and i had came out the street life mentality and all that so some of the things that i was banging on it was in in youth in a, in a youthful mind state right and at a certain point you know I'll skip a few streets and, and cut a few alleys and get to the what I'm going is I just realized that my impact and what I'm here to do is not is to is to be more constructive. And I had a lot of um personal growth, personal changes that I made in my own lifestyle that wasn't necessarily getting highlighted in the platform that we had with Dad Press. In some ways it was but a lot of times the media and certain people interest groups would focus on the political statement that you made that might be mm -hmm. radical or, you know, right. you know what I mean? And just keep you talking about Trump or whoever it was, Bush or whoever, whoever, whichever somebody sitting in a seat or Obama yeah, the or whatever. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, the same difference. And so, you know, we weren't necessarily, I, I, I used to feel like, I don't want to disrespect my legacy with Dad Prayer because I'm a thousand percent sincere to everything that we've brought forth. But it don't mean you can't grow, you can't change, you can't learn. And you know, I, sometimes I felt a little like I, I would self-censor myself in terms of like the personal growth, the the personal agency, and my philosophy around that. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I want my legacy to include how I'm moving forward, not just where I've been. And so um, I just decided, you know, hey, I can make music about my lifestyle today, not just what I used to do. And so I started making songs about running and songs about yoga and martial arts and meditating and being sober, you know what I mean? And, and then that just revived me even wanting to do music. I was about to be like, I'm good on music. And when I seen how that not only resonated with my spirit, but it resonated with people. And, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, man, I, I'm glad y'all brothers is growing because I've grown too. I grow past, you know, they school can't teach us shit. You know what I mean? I right. I got to grow past that. And, and they're, they're, you know, the feedback was like you rarely see artists that kind of grow with you. And I'm glad to be able to make music as people mature. So, um and, you know, now I understand clearly that, you know, the, the main difference in a nutshell was instead of just banging on what I'm against, I had to start banging on what I'm for. And that, that feels a thousand percent better all the way around. Was there anything in, I mean, you, you like you said, you've always been of this mind state for as long as, you know, for, for a long time while the beginning of Dead Prayers. And was there anything specific, though, that sparked or that inspired you in terms of like, whether it be the the fit lifestyle or or the spirituality side of things, like any, was there any books? Was there anything specific that inspired you? 
Well, my, the first thing, so when I, when I was in, just to be clear, I've always been um, exposed to certain things, but practicing at a certain levels is different, right? So, right. like, I read, I read, you know, Malcolm X, you know, I knew about pork and all that, you know, in, in high school. But, you know, I was, you know, back and forth, and it, it wasn't like a really grown person's commitment, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, but for me, I was, because I was still, like, half street life, going to jail, smoking out, drinking, doing that too, and trying to find my balance. And the main thing was in Brooklyn, I woke up with gout in my leg one morning mm. and I found out it came from my diet. It came from stress. It came from drinking liquor, alcohol, smoke in my lungs and my body, acidic system. And I had gout and I got, my wife introduced me to a plant-based as a method to heal. <clears throat> and in like two weeks, I was good. No gout, nothing, no medicine, none of that. And it just blew my mind. Like I was, I was kind of sort of creeping up on, on, you know, the value of that, but I was still wilding. Right. You were and aware, but not practicing. Yeah. Not really. You know what I mean? Right. Like I might be like, yo, I don't eat no chicken and you know, little shit like right. that, but not full. And I was still wilding. So, that's but I didn't really even realize it because when when you come from let's just say like it's all the way backwards you know what I mean if you a little bit ahead you think you might think you got some knowledge or, or something right right but but when when the gout hit me I was like oh okay application you gotta apply this this is gonna matter this is why I started just seeing so many things in our community like the older people in my neighborhood and my family used to have gout for like 30 years. Mm, They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah I got the gout. Mm. You know what I mean? And <laughs> the it, gout. It was, it was, that's how yeah. common. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So so these, I started just reflecting more harder on our experience as a community. And I was like, it's a lot of things that we don't have access to. But there's a lot of things we we do have access to. And what would happen if I dedicated 100%, 100% on what I can do, right? It's, I know it's a lot of shit we up against. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of uh, factors that contribute to the destruction of, of our communities, et cetera. That's a fact. But I was like, but what if every single little thing that I can do I'd, I'd be 1,000 with it. What would happen? What if I don't smoke at all? What if I don't drink at all? What if I meditate every day? What if I run until I can run a marathon? What if I take Kung Fu for 10 years? Like, what, what, how would that change me? And I really, I got a, a like a craving to want to see what that would be like. Because I had always been like, I got to get high if I'm going to write a song. I need to get some weed. I need whoopty whoop. You know what I mean? Like, and and when I stepped away from them things, I realized how much alcohol was helping me like deal with like shyness and shit, mm. or you know uh, uh, stress. I thought it was you know helping me deal with stress if I blow blow it down. But when I learned how to meditate, and I and I'm like, man, this the natural high is so different and so far away from what I was calling that. It just it just transformed me. It was literally a revolution inside so and that's what i'm trying to pour into fit hop 
is to communicate that with the same energy and edge that we've communicated our earlier things with, but just on this wave of health and wellness. So how have you been able to, or I should say your older son, I'm, I'm assuming that he has been exposed to all these things that, that, that you're practicing and is a part of your lifestyle. Has he glommed onto it? Is he a part of it or is he rebellious against it? Or I guess what's been your way of, um, you know, giving those gifts to him? Well, I don't know. Well, well, yeah, I mean, my, my oldest son is, um, he's a very smart guy. Um, very calm spirit. Like we did, um, Tai Chi for the pregnancy and like he was born, he was born, um, without crying with his eyes open just calm so from from day one he's been very just smart quiet peaceful dude um and we've had him exposed to he went to an all-boys school by a mentor in our community that was like (laughs) he he was like malcolm x mixed with mr t (laughs) 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 so so he had that kind of uh manhood training from a from a little kid. He's been in martial arts, um, Shotokan and you know, he got into boxing real heavy. That's like was his favorite way to stay fit. And, you know, I taught him to meditate. Um, he was plant based uh for a long time until he started developing allergies. Um spirituality wise, we were very open. Um, he's been exposed to Buddhist teachings, um, Ifa, Native American, you know, uh, you know, uh, in, in his, in his own exploration. So, um, pretty much he's just kind of been taking what works for him and we, we let him just kind of reflect. We talk a lot, we listen and, 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 and just talk about the, the great questions of life and, let him uh, formulate his own ideas. You know, mm. what I mean? he's a he's whereas whereas people might know me as you know early revolutionary socialist. Like my son is actually really heavily into finance and money. Mm. You know what I mean? And so he's really. I took him to a, a socialist uh, performance we had some years ago. He he might have been seven. And we was on stage, and it, it was like a this convention for workers' rights, and he was with me, and they gave him the mic, and they was like, what you want to be when you grow up, right? <laughs> and in this environment, you know, you think, you know, I want to be Che Guevara or something, right? <laughs> so he, he was like, he, he grabbed the mic, he looked at me, and he said, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> so... so you know, but he's, I mean, he does Forex, he does crypto. Um, wow. He, he, you know, he's, he's self-taught. He's an engineer. He's a beat producer. He's actually, uh, he's done, he's got two placements on my album, Workout 2, that I'm working on now. So he's, he's, he, he do his thing. You know what I mean? And we, you know, I respect him as his own individual, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you know? We we nice. might have to have him on the show just, you know, to feed us some crypto knowledge right quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try to flip these yeah, he... joints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He's 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 been good at it, man. He he started doing the 
I don't, I, you know, he teaches me, so I, I might sound real goofy trying to tell you, but I know <laughs> he, um, he was telling me this, this thing he learned where he would take like a penny or like, you know what I mean? Five cent. And then he, one day he was like, I made a hundred dollars. Wow. You know what I mean? And he just, he's figuring out there's formulas and patterns and grids and candlesticks and all this stuff. And, um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think he's going, he's definitely going to have a career in music, um, engineering and production, but I also think he's going to be an investor. And one of his goals is to be a, a accredited investor. Mm, yep. Um, yep. So he, yeah. So I'm learning a little bit from him. <laughs> yeah. That's ill. Does he, does he contain the same kind of shyness that you were alluding to earlier? Or or has he worked through a lot of that? Like you mentioned, like you know, the drugs and alcohol were kind of your crutch in that realm. Do you sense yeah. that he has a similar trait? I think he's. I I wouldn't say he's shy now nah, because you know we he again the school schooling that he's had and just in our family in general like we talk a lot and like we'll make you get in front of a whole bunch of folks and you know lead up this particular family dinner or this event or you know we go to different places doing workshops and all that type of stuff and he has to give his testimony and whatever so he's not really shy mm -hmm. uh, in fact i'm i'm proud that he's not like that you know what i mean he's he's really confident but he is he's not super talkative he's he's reserved but i wouldn't say it's shy yeah. you know what i'm saying That's yeah That's so yeah. Does he still meditate, or what? Actually, what age did you introduce that to to him? Man, since it's got to be since two, maybe two yeah. or three. Wow! How does you that even happen? Mean? Like, how how do you? <laughs> yeah, you just blew my mind. Come, so. Yeah, you you be like, come sit with Baba. You oh. know what I mean? And, and then and then I'll sit him in my lap and put his hands in my hands. And then, you know, we'll be like, close your eyes, you know what I mean? And I, it's like I started telling stories through it. So I'll be like, let's breathe, breathe like this, you know what I mean? Get that groove. And then it, it would be like a guided visualization, you know what I mean? So I, I might just be saying, we, you know, we're by the water, you know what I mean? Can you hear? Do you see what colors the birds, you know? Just so he could see, like, you can focus your mind to put you in whatever space you want to be in. You know what I'm saying? And then that that but well, that was like early stuff. You know what I mean? He might he might sit there like a minute. You know what I mean? If you know without fidgeting and all that. But then we would as he got older, uh me and his mom and him would uh do family meditation. So we would have a time of the day that we would do a guided meditation. We would play and um, we would sit in a circle, and, you know, and we just do it at the same time. Um, sometimes, like, if he would be getting frustrated or or upset, or if I might be in that space or whatever, um, you know, we would say, okay, let's, let's sit down and meditate, you know. Um, I take him with me to meditation classes, and we just went to one um, about two weeks ago at this cool spot in Atlanta. And I took him and his little brother, 
and um, every you know the people there was like, yo, the the little guy, he did so well. He he's quiet. I can't believe it. Like you know what I mean? I'm like, mm. he's been doing this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but yeah, you guys just gotta you know for me it's like you do it with them, and um, and and you know meditation is not just sitting on the cushion. Is is that's that's a form of meditation. That's one way that you practice it, but it's in other things, you know, when we're we playing catch and he keep dropping the ball, you know what I mean? That's when you say, boom, just come back to your breath. Come back, you know, is you reinforce it um in other ways when you're washing dishes. You know what I mean? You'd be like, washing dishes could be a chore or it can be a meditation. It mm-hmm. can be like, oh it's very relaxing it. You just try to help them see how this helps them stay cool, calm, and collected. You know what I mean? Yo, you just yeah. gave me you just gave me the illest gem because before you came on, we were talking about chores and giving kids chores or whatnot. And I was just <laughs> yeah. I, I was expressing to the dude, the guys here, I was like, yo, my daughter, like last night, she was taking issue with like mopping and cleaning up in the kitchen. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna flip that shit crazy now. We're gonna use that shit as meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you got it. Not on some slick shit like karate shit. Yeah, nah, but but for real, like you just yeah, that that's a whole different way to look at the shit. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's being being, be being mindful. Yeah, man, and it, you know these things have to be done anyway. They, you know, chores or whatever you want to call it, maintenance, regular stuff. But the attitude that we bring to it will make it suffering or to make it a refuge for your day. Because sometimes you. It'd be so much stuff going on in your mind to wash dishes is a blessing. Mm, you know man. what I mean? Wow. That's the, deep. You know, that's to real. mop, to clean up is like, oh, man, this is going to bring, you know, peace and clarity to my mind. So, you know, just how we associate with these things. Well, it's, um, it's instant I, gratification, too, because you put in the work and then you see the result of it right then and there. Mm. Yeah. And I and I think I'm gonna just say this if I can. Like I feel like there's this slight trauma that I think communities of color go through in in things like that. For example, you know, like when we talk about like organic farming and the, the whole agriculture movement, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of people say, "Well, we, you know, I don't want to be in the, out there picking picking those vegetables or whatever because we just got out the plantation, right?" Mm-hmm. It's like that mentality, right? And I think domestic things you know like cleaning and 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 whatever we associate that with like they're gonna make you be a janitor or you could be a dishwasher you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. or Or men not wanting to do those jobs too like boys oh that's a woman's job someone might say you know exactly exactly but it's like um you know you know what i'm saying it's like we don't we 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 don't esteem these things culturally you know what i'm saying it's kind of like you 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 don't want to be nobody that got to wash the dishes and sweep up and clean up. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you, if, but when like from a, let's say like a, maybe I don't want to say enlightened and sound or elitist, but just from a different perspective, let's say, if you look at, imagine if you, if you never had a clean dish, how, how the quality of life would be, right. or, right. or if nobody took the garbage out mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like, so these are the thing. These are maintenance. This is um, a symbol of mindfulness, as far as like the garbage person. That we don't do. You take the garbage out of your own thoughts. 
You know what mm, I mean? Wow. Like, do you do you clean do you clean up after something that you just ate? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so it's it's things like that. Like, we we just want the blessing. We just want that part. But the maintenance is what keeps us from suffering. Which is basically taking the ego out of things too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's one way to look at it for sure, man. But I didn't mean to get on the soapbox with all the spirit. Nah, nah, nah. We need to learn from all this stuff. <laughs> nah, see, so w- one of one of the key things and why we've done this for now it's like forty six episodes with with this one is simply just or forty seven. I think we might be on. Is we utilize it as a, as a, a, a sharing opportunity, right, among us men where typically men don't necessarily like to talk too much about how they father or tips and tricks and and how to do that. This is that platform. So all the stuff that you're talking about, I I know it's resonating with me and I'm sure it's resonating with E and KGB. Like, please don't apologize for that. You dropping so many gems right now. I can't keep track. (laughs) Right on, man. That's that's good. That's what's up. So what do you think about language and exposing young younger kids to to language? We were talking basically this is a kind of a running commentary that we have throughout each episode where we you know ask different people about the kind of censoring of of music and language from from their kids and just in general. I mean what's your thoughts is that something that you do um or with your kids have you kind of managed what is coming into their system through through their ears and eyes? Um, yes and no. You know, uh, I had my, you know, again, my first son, I had, had him at, I was 27. You know what I mean? Before I was 40-something with my second son. So that's a gulf of time yeah. for perspective to change. Um, <clears throat> and my first son, you know, I was like, you know, give him the real, the one hundred. You know, yeah. no, you know, he gonna get whatever I'm doing. You know what I mean? And uh, he he was exposed to things, but it didn't influence him to do any of that. Like he's his own person, and you know what I mean. In fact, his whole crew is kind of like really into trap music and that culture in in, in certain ways. Um, but he's, he's still just his own self within that clique. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think him being exposed to real things just makes him be able to relate to what's around him. Like he didn't have a lifestyle that I had coming up. You know what I mean? He don't, he lived with both his parents he done had his own studio and you know what I mean? He done traveled to Japan and around the world and just all this type of stuff. So I feel like him, he's looking at this stuff as just his information, you know? So, um, but like my youngest son, my, my, I shifted what I think, you know what I mean? I, I felt like I stopped saying the word nigga, mm. um, which I, I used to say all the time. And, um, I, I made a conscious choice that I'm not going to just be beating. I'm not going to be saying that. And, um, and definitely I'm not going to be saying that to my, my children. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that it's a whole nother paradigm with him. Like, so, because, because how can I say, like, we, we've seen before how things are now. We know 
a difference. You know what I mean? We we've lived long enough to know. Let's just say Public Enemy and and, right. and Curtis Mayfield and you know what I mean. So we can we can we can hear we understand like okay, there's different expressions or whatever. But right. these young kids today, a lot of times, all they hearing is the dysfunctional stuff. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And and they really don't have a perspective to just kind of weigh it out. So if all if you just let them be like, oh yeah, that's fun. You know, that's what's fun is that. Then that them little brains is processing uh, what they're hearing because they're trying to learn uh, the social norm. They're trying no to balance. understand. Yeah, they're trying to understand the value system of what's out here. You know, and. And it's so it's so much more subliminal and subtle than we realize. Mm-hmm. And you know, little things you know that you'll hear little kids saying, and you realize that ah, you know, it's, I don't blame it on the music. I just understand that the music is a big influence. But the, even those people that's making that music have been influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's more like you have to. I don't, I don't, I don't make it like ah, we don't that don't, we, you know, we don't listen to this and that and make it funny. But what I do is instead of me being in a ride, just turning the radio on, like I'll have an audio book playing, or you know, we I play some some um, or, or the fatherhoods the or, fatherhoods podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. As an example, exactly. <laughs> so, What's it? But yeah. you know what I mean? Just expose them like stories on books and things. That it's like, oh, you can when you you can actually be listening to something, and and it be feeding you in so many dope ways that yeah. don't get activated if you just be like, you know, you turn the radio on, yeah, you right. listen to the radio, they play it on. Like that's that that's not the only thing you could do with your time. So and then but when that's with me, that's. That's Bob. When he when he rolling with mom, he gonna get some trap music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that that's how they see that. You know, I'm like the Buddha dude, and mom is the cool mom. <laughs> you gotta make so. that shirt the Buddha dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> so. you had a question? Yeah, I was just gonna say that going back to it's not necessarily the music. It's it's. A, you know, there's artists that make the music, and it's not necessarily the music, but I think it's the the society is so desensitized from everything that you can, you know, you can be out walking around with your kid, a young kid, and no one's thinking twice. You know, you go into a store and they're playing music that's popular music, but it's gonna be, you know, pretty pretty sexual in nature, and you know, it's a lot of bitches and all kinds of stuff. I mean, that happened to me with my son. He's, he's six. We were out at a, at at an event and, you know, I try to keep him. There's a part of me that wants to keep him. Like I want him to hear the stuff that I've listened to and, you know, I'll give him glimpses to it. But at the same time, I'm also like, I, I also feel like, man, they are, they're, they're listening and processing so much when we don't, and we don't even know it. Like there'll be things that I'm not, I'm thinking he's not even picking up on, and then all of a sudden he's got it locked in his head that I didn't even know, you know. Right. And, and it's almost like you know we're at this spot, and all of a sudden the performance comes on, and it's, 
every other word is bitches. And then the next morning I'm walking by and he, I hear him saying, yo, bitches. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, like it's, it's those conversations you have to have, but it's also just a, a remind. I guess it's just like, is it good? Is it good that they hear this stuff young and then you explain it to them? Or is it better to kind of keep it out of their mental because you know in, in a, especially when it's negative in nature i don't know i don't know if there's a right or wrong answer that's for a, it that's the great that that is i think that's a power question and uh so with my older son what i would do is if i hear something playing or whatever it catch my because i'm you know how you'd be on alert as as dad yeah. right yep. <laughs> like you're aware of all this stuff and so if something I'm like, hmm, I don't know if he's even paying attention to that shit, but I'm going to bring it up. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause, so it don't just seep in there, you know? And, and, you know, I might say like, why do you think guys uh, call women bitches? You know, like we'll, we'll, mm. we'll have that conversation, you know, like why, why do you think that's something that's so common? Like, do you find, is that your experience with women? Do you feel like women is bitchy? Do you, you know, do what what you know do you think that's what their experience is where do you think that's coming from you know we'll have those conversations and it'll and we'll it'll open up a lot you know about um self-esteem and how young guys are just copying shit they hear they hear yeah. other people saying like we did yep. Yep. and but it but also it talks about how like if that's your conversation if you a real dude, like what it what it said, what it shows somebody that's real with themselves and comfortable with themselves, is it, it, that's a weakness. You know what I mean? Because you, it's like you have to use derogatory terms to put somebody down, mm. uh, whether you mean it like that or not. That's what you're doing, you know. And um, and so you get to have them kind of conversations. It's like, yeah, you could run around and be saying talking like that and. Cause that's how everybody else is talking. But would you talk like that? Like to your homegirls or to your girlfriend or your mom or your grandma? Mm -hmm. Like, of course not. And why not? Because that's disrespectful and you know that. So why is it okay amongst a group of young dudes to do that is because one, they want to feel like I'm, you know, nobody ain't policing me right now. You know what I mean? And right. it's the male testosterone. And I guess if it was 1% of the time, maybe it's just, you know, guys just kind of, we'd be extra and extra aggressive. Mm -hmm. But, but the problem is though that kind of language and that kind of attitude, you don't know how far so-and-so is taking that. Yep. And you don't know how that's going to express itself in their character, in their situations. And so that's why you got to be the bigger person is my combo with them is, is, and, and just don't let that be, become a habit of speech for you. Like choose something better. If you could say my nigga, you could say beloved. You could say right. my brother, right. you know, my comrade, and and that's that's stronger anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So, shit, yeah. we could, we we gonna have to do part two with you to to keep this conversation going, stick, because you definitely <laughs> dropping a lot of gems here. I feel like we need to do a tutorial and any videos you've been watching, please send us the links. <laughs> can, 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 I, can I just make before before we wrap? I just want to make a recommendation, stick. If you're not thinking about this, or if I just don't know about it, 
Um, you definitely need to put together a meditation for infants type of book, video series. I don't know what it is, but like that's that sounds really powerful to me. Yeah. It's something I'm I'm probably gonna just start trying over here. Oh, right on. Yeah, man. Um hey, I'm I'll definitely we plan to share as much as we can as we're learning and you know, trial and error and with our podcast, RPG Fit Club, yeah. we we share things like that. We have a, a, a introduction to meditation uh podcast. I forget what number it is, but it's it's one of them. And me and my wife, we continue to kind of say, what do, what do we think would be good to share or blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to take that in to, yeah. to the team, to the boss lady. Word up. And uh, <laughs> see if we can get it. I'm also, uh, real quick, I'm working yeah. on this uh, for Champion Fathers. I'm working on a book um, for the top of the year um, about manhood mm-hmm. and about the seven stages of manhood. Because as we've been doing our workshops, I, I teach this paradigm, and a lot of um, uh, I realize a lot of people are not aware of, and I think it, I've seen it just just in understanding those seven stages. I've seen men start to go back and close gaps, like I didn't get stage two, I didn't get stage three. Mm. Oh, that's why this, that's why that, and so. That's something people have. Every time I've spoken, I do workshops, people go, yo, is that, where can I get that? So that's something that is on the top of the list to get out to the people um, as it relates to just us understanding that it's actually a process to this. Just like in anything in science, you know, there's, you know, the seed and then it germinates and then the sapling and then the flowers and the bud and then the, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and it, it, it is a process. But if and if you skip any of those steps, you're gonna see it in the chain of events. Mm-hmm. And so if we, you know, what I mean, if we don't get the foundation, which is happens to be boyhood, you know, what I mean, and the goal of that is to be the beloved son. If we don't get that, we might be 20 years old and trying to find love in all the wrong places because we didn't get that at that stage. And so when we understand the seven stages, we can do it for ourselves. And we can, our, our loved ones can have understanding and compassion. They're like, oh, okay, I see what that is. And then you work with it. If you didn't get your lover stage, but you're a king, and you're at the king stage, now you might be trying to have 50 chicks when you're right. supposed to have a household. So you have to have a time period where you can explore, you know, what love is and, and relationships and sex and all that. You have to have a time where you can explore that without, um, making a commitment that you're not mature enough in your development to make. So, but anyway, you know, that's forthcoming. And I, I think it might be something for, you know, your audience might be interested. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And any, any, any way we could help, you know, you could always reach out to me and the platform is here for you for whatever you need. Um, Bong. Also, how, how can people reach out to you for the workshops? So, um, our website is rbgfitclub.com in general for, you know, holistic lifestyle stuff. Um, and you, or you can reach us, me in specific through champion fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, 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 the email is, uh, champion fathers at gmail.com or just go to the website. It's on there and you can go to rbgfitclub.com, um, to connect with us also. 
Well, Stick, we appreciate you for joining us, man. Thank you very much. Man, thanks for having me, King. I appreciate y'all, man. And, and keep doing what you're doing, man. It's very much needed and appreciated. Yeah, Thank we you, appreciate man. it, man. Appreciate Thank you. you.